Hello and welcome to the PropTech Hot Seat on iProperty Radio with myself, Carol Tallon, the show where we explore trends and technologies driving innovation across the built environment. The show is brought to you in partnership with PropTech Ireland, the hub for innovators, investors and for industry leaders. In the PropTech Hot Seat today is Sean O'Dwyer, AEC Division Manager with Symmetry. Uh, Sean, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Carol. Thank you um, very much. I think most people listening in, particularly on the construction side, would be very familiar with Symmetry, but you might just give us um, an overview of the offering and the team involvement there. Yeah, um, we are uh, an Autodesk partner. We're a global uh, partner of Autodesk who uh, provides services and solutions from an Autodesk perspective, as well as our own consultant and ex-industry um, experts who form part of the team. We are we have sprung from a a small practice within the south of Ireland to now uh, one of the largest um Autodesk partners globally. We have uh we've offices that span over 35 locations. We have across the states, uh Europe and uh further east as well. Um, Sean, that's huge uh, progress and growth. Before we before we look at this kind of from the symmetry perspective, you might just tell us a little bit of what about the trends that you're seeing globally that's driving this growth. Um, we can see that the well, say locally, the the housing crisis is one. Um, mm. the the need for data centers is another in local within Ireland. And that is even moving across to the Nordics. And that's where our head office is located. It was in the Nordics. The US then is is, is more pharmaceutical and uh, other um, aspects. So it's just, it's it's the, the whole drive for construction. It, it can be seen, it's evident across the industry that it's not taking any sort of a downturn. And um, where do where do your consultants fit in the process? Because this is a conversation that we're having quite a lot we we saw data centers maybe start to shift the process of traditional construction um but we're seeing that shift happen now across so many different projects particularly where there's an element of offsite and mmc introduced so you might just talk us through the process at, at what point are your consultants brought in and essentially where do you sit in the like in the construction delivery yeah so we'd sit at early engagement stage offering advice to clients who may be considering doing offsite manufacturing or, or MMC processes. We provide them the benefits and also the potential, which are very little, the, the, the non-benefits of, of going um, modular or uh, offsite manufacturing. We also provide um, software solutions and workflows to try and streamline the whole MMC and kind of integrate other non-autodesk solutions into the, the workflows and we have ex-modular um, experts who know and have gone through failures so we, we we present those failures to the customer and then we try and um, overcome those and we also uh, work work along with the likes of when we've gone through the whole construction process we mm -hmm. off, offer resourcing too as well because a good few of our customers are struggling to find good people we have because we have as i said over 1000 consultants and experts they can offer some resourcing as well we have a team that that focus on those and um, i like the focus you have on failing and showcasing failing because it's something that up until a decade ago we really didn't talk about enough we didn't showcase enough and and getting access 
to under to to getting up close access to the things that didn't work is so powerful. It's so much more powerful maybe then getting access to something that worked in a different uh, geography or in a different location on a different type of project. So I think that's a really interesting approach. And um, who are your clients primarily? Our clients are predominantly, they could be data center consultants, main contractors that are working on data centers. There could be clients who are strategically analyzing uh, housing housing sites across the country. We could also have large pharmaceutical and um, chemical contractor um, clients as well across Europe, men in Europe. We they, they vary. It's it's the benefit. It's the enjoyment out of working with Symmetry is every customer is different. That, that and, that's a that's a nice position to be in. And um, you know, from from the uh, you mentioned there, you've thirty five locations globally, so that gives you a good overview as to maybe what's happening across the different regions. Where does Ireland sit in terms of tech adoption across the construction industry? Are are we where are we where are we in terms of the global rankings? How are we faring? I I think we're standing our own, and we're we're up there. There like. People think that we're a small country, and but we have highly skilled individuals and very experienced um, uh, experts who who know exactly how to how things are built, and we're very welcoming to uh, innovative solutions. And that's what uh, we we try and instill our partnership with other clients to say we're we're here not to we're here to show you and guide you along the journey. We're here not to try and make money off you. We're we're more to try and work and go uh, work alongside them on their their journey. And um, how have you seen things change, say, over the last number of years? And I'm really thinking, kind of from post COVID or from pre COVID to post COVID, and just the attitudes of the companies that you're dealing with and their understanding of the need to streamline processes and the role technology can play. Yeah, COVID helped in a way because it made them. Pre-COVID, uh, they were too busy to to investigate or or even sit down and have a discussion about workflows and streamlining and be more lean with their solutions. Since even during COVID, we were inundated with calls, meetings to try and get, because customers were starting to panic to say, I don't want to lose these individuals. How can I retain my my experienced staff and how can I upskill them? So we we kind of tried to, integrate some hybrid solutions that would help both parties that to integrate a hybrid working from home environment and also ensure that it does it didn't impact their program for delivering on, on, on sites when you're working with clients for the first time what's their baseline as in do they have teams that would have some knowledge in this area or where are they would they have already um, you know, have they have they got a certain skill set? Have they got a certain technology base that you're building on? They so they they vary. Some of them could be very high and intellectual on how projects are built and put together on a mm -hmm. let's say um um an MMC aspect, but they might not understand how the software is integrated into that, and that's where we would offer assistance. And some people might they they could be large organizations who are a bit apprehensive about software and it's just us to try and convince them. And but we have um, a few case studies and testimonials from some, some customers that 
have at the very start have been wary of integrating solutions because you, as you can see yourself, there's loads of different um, software solutions out there offering this, that, and the whole lot. It's to try and make sure that the, the right system fits and that it works. Um, Sean, integration is something that we talk about almost every week on this show. It is such a huge topic. But one thing is very clear, and this isn't a criticism uh, to Symmetry at all, but it, it, certainly some of the technologies have not been good at differentiating um, what it is they're offering. So we run into situations where you've got main contractors saying, well, look, we've already invested X in a certain yeah. platform, or we've in invested X, and they see different technologies almost as competing with each other, despite the fact they're doing different things. So actually, like we, so when you when you speak to a company that has already invested in technology that is doing some things very well, but obviously no one technology is doing everything well. How do you go about the process of understanding where to fill the gaps and then looking at integrations? Yeah, well, yeah, we we our part our our process is not to dislodge an investment a company makes because you're only creating havoc straight away. So we we try and sit down with the key key members and understand their processes. We we also address and pinpoint these gaps and uh, areas that aren't meeting their demands and we try we because as i keep referring to our our consultants we we bring in the consultants then to say this product and by utilizing this work for workflow will assist with your current platform or they could say let's scrap what we've invested in where we are not there to try and persuade them to to just throw their investment in the in the bin we want to make sure that they get the best out of their their um their platform. Yeah, no, look, that that makes absolute sense. Um, are you? I I presume that you're still dealing with some points of resistance when you're speaking to to, uh, you know, I I I suppose the people who have been very slow to adopt, or perhaps those who have invested heavily in the past mm -hmm. and that investment didn't pay off. What points? What kinds of resistance do you get when you're speaking to customers on the ground? Some some people have a kind of resistance with regards. Uh, oh, cost is the main resistance. They say, oh, it's too expensive, and we 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 kind of try and sit down with them and uh, through through these kind of discovery or innovative workshops, kind of relay to them that if you don't invest, you're going to lose either lose out on potential future work, lose out on very good uh, resources you have internally who are going to be persuaded to another innovative practice. And it's more trying to get them to move with the times, especially in like, sustainability is another massive factor that we are heavily involved in as well. And we, we try and think of it as a, an overall umbrella of solutions. It's not just we try and instill a solution that meets the construction phase. We try and take it into the whole life cycle of a project. And um, in a way, the fact that, say, even cost is one of the big points of resistance still, in a way, that's a positive. It means that we've gotten over some of the the maybe cultural challenges. I mean, you know, one thing about construction is because it's such a low margin business, but it is one that's very good to recognize an opportunity to cut costs or to, exactly. to make things more efficient. So if you can make... If you can demonstrate that you can do that, actually, usually there's a willingness to to invest. So 
from that point of view, cost is almost the least uh, the least solid form of resistance because it's just up for you to make the business case there. Um, but is it at the moment it's challenging because when you're looking at cost, you're not just looking at financial cost, you're looking at the sustainability and the loss of opportunity there as well. Um, exactly, yeah. So talk to me a little bit how companies, not even for yourself, because I can see how you're solving the problem for them, but how are companies tackling that when you're speaking to them at an early stage? They are they just need to be pers- persuaded. And it is that element of fear because, as you said, margins are very tight. They because And they have their programs down to uh, the, the, the minimal side. They don't want to try and integrate a new software that's going to push them back a couple of months and they miss deadlines. And then you could have uh, an onboarding and implementation phase where you want to make sure that it doesn't impact the company and that's why we try and reinforce that by making sure that they're not just sold a product or a service and told there you go we'll see you whenever uh, you have a problem we try and work with them and make sure that it's a, a seamless uh, transition um, and yeah, it, well, it's, it's, I, it's building a relationship the, if you know what it, I mean yeah and, and look the adoption on the ground you know you can you can agree this with the procurers but it only works if the people on the ground adopt it and sometimes that's outside of the that's outside of the employees of the purchaser um that sometimes you're depending on the supply chain buying in as well how exactly. is that being navigated in Ireland uh it it can be resistive at times what we do is to try and host these um, supply chain awareness sessions because it, it is an investment mm-hmm. and we try and guide the, guide the supply chain in, offer ourselves again as a resource for any questions or queries and we, we, we provide uh, video recordings of these sessions because again, your supply chain are too busy to attend these sessions and yet the, the main contractor or the client wants to to more or less educate them on what on their investment yeah you, you can see it from both sides yeah no and and that makes sense but given given your global perspective where are you seeing the construction industry generally and particularly in ireland um where are they jumping on adoption what are they doing very well they're starting now to delve into the insights of projects they, they want to find out and go down to the finite elements of where are we losing work? Where are we losing money? Where are we losing time? And how can we fix that? Uh, the, the, the likes of integrated dashboards are starting to come in now. And it's not just solely for Autodesk products. It's every other aspect of the business are start to be merged into these data ponds and is to present that to the board and what I can see is, is a few companies are starting to integrate the likes of AI and machine learning to try and utilize all these data that are within the ponds. Yeah, Sean, I'm really happy to hear you say that because I feel like for the last three, four, five and six years, we've been talking about the importance of gathering the data, getting that and, and understanding it. But there you know, we weren't really seeing how those insights were being applied to create change in the processes or maybe in the tendering approach or even in the delivery approach on projects. And so actually that feels like a really right, 
natural progression that's happening. But on that basis, where are the gaps? You know, where I, I mean, I'm calling them the gaps that they say just use, for example, the main contractors would have. But obviously they'd be the potential pipeline for you, the, the potential innovation pipeline for you. But where are the gaps as they exist right now? The gaps are data being data being located in different resources, uh, data not communicated properly. That's even in a pre-construction phase. Phase, it's mm-hmm. it's the likes of capturing on-site information. How how quick are stuff being resolved? How um who are the main culprits on sites, and then delving down into root cause analysis. How how many how many materials are we using? Are we using the right material? Uh, mm. Is the material arriving on site damaged? And then you you can make an executive decision then on do we use these guys on future projects or do we communicate with them and say we're very happy with your service? Is there any chance we could try and do uh, integrate uh, some some training? And it, it's it's because because traditionally you you had no insight into. Who, what was happening on sites? You you took it from the word of your project manager or contracts manager, who was only informed from the site engineers as to what was happening on sites. Um, Sean, the last few years, I mean, you know, it it, it doesn't feel like that long that we were talking about the crash, and I, you know, in the last kind of 13, 14 years, but it feels like the last couple of years have been exceptionally challenging. We can't say unprecedentedly or unfortunately, but they have been exceptionally challenging for the construction industry. When you're sitting down to meet with new or existing clients, what are the biggest challenges that they have right now or what are their their concerns for 2024? Uh, their concerns are, I, with some subcontractors, materials, like the cost of materials have gone excessive and they're trying to reduce waste. What they're trying to do also is to price accurately and to make and we mentioned the word BIM. They're they're starting to utilize the three D models now more effectively to try and make sure first of all that they can value engineer the right material and make sure that it's it's suitable and that they're not incurring excessive um, wastage because a, a good few companies have struggled with regards with uh, materials over over ordering probably not coming in time and then they, they're incurring the costs another thing is um resources people they want mm. to make sure that the people are not overworked but working effectively that they have time to focus on other tasks and to streamline those workflows Sean what process do you have internally because you are collecting data essentially across 35 different regions or from your 35 different locations how are you capturing the insights and and even the challenges across all those different locations so that you're able to turn it into help for the the customers that you're speaking to today like what's the internal process for so that what, what we do is we have our own internal it's like a, a social media platform that's one thing where we all discuss we discuss pain points, we discuss good points and lessons learned, and we all engage in those workflows. We also have a bi-weekly meeting with the global team so that we can relay our experience onto challenges that they're having and vice versa. 
Um, I, I'm conscious of your time and that we have to wrap up, but I suppose a final question would be, you know, I, I think it's great that you're capturing that information. Uh, have you any big lessons learned that you can share with our industry today? My lesson would be to don't be afraid of digitization and innovation. It's it's coming fast and to try and there's no one, there's no expert in it. You have to just jump in, learn from it, and to adapt. Yeah. That's what I'd offer people. And just as a starting point for them, what what is the starting point? Starting point is talk, talk to talk to a consultant, talk to people who who have experience. And like symmetry in particular, we're 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 honest. We don't um we don't come across as a salesy uh, approach. We try and engage with the, the people, make sure that the right solution meets their needs. And we, we, we kind of re-engage with them on an ongoing basis to make sure that their investment is meeting their, their requirements. Sounds good, Sean. Listen, thank you so much for that. Thanks, and thank Karen. you for taking the time to be with us today. That was Sean O'Dwyer, AEC Division Manager with Symmetry. Um, if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out all of the other real estate and, constru- and construction shows on iProperty Radio. Before we go, just special word of thanks to our sponsor, PropTech Ireland, for supporting the podcast and making these conversations possible. And thank you indeed for tuning in. We'll catch you on the next episode of the PropTech Hot Seat here on iProperty Radio. <laughs>